Welcome to the Mark and Nosh Show, Episode 4. I'm your host and guide, Maurice Randall, on the journey of rediscovering the marketplace, visiting, experiencing, and learning from traders, visitors, and more. In this episode, I visit the Little Field Mouse pop-up market and talk to the owner and manager about how the pop-up market started. We talk to a trader who has a store within the pop-up market. And for our food on the move, we talk to a shop owner who sells homemade cakes and crafts on behalf of self-employed bakers and crafters. There was no live music at the Rainridge Mall when I visited, so this week we don't have any of those wonderful tunes from live street performance. The chatter in the background has just been in the mall and wandering about in the marketplace. Pop-up events have been quite popular over the past few years as more and more events arrive for a very short time and then leave again. Whether it be fresh cooked Asian food or microbrewery that appears for a few weeks before moving on, the pop-up event is a very current trend. The magic of the pop-up event is in the surprise and the unknown factor of something being set up overnight existing for a short time and then going again. This brings a new fresh approach to food and homemade crafts. Stores take on new appearances and the colourful people that appear with them bring their charm and excitement as well. It really is the ideal platform for a market and a fantastic idea to bring the market to customers. Often the market is a place that can regularly be found in one spot with similar traders and you become familiar with those products. A bit like when I was at the Bryanston market uh, last week, that market has been there for uh, 40 years. You know that you can go to the Bryanston Organic Market, you can get your organic produce. It's going to be there every Thursday and every Saturday, and they're going to have a night market November and December. A pop-up market, though, turns this idea slightly on its head. There's a sense of urgency. People recognize that the market will only be there for a short time, and so they want to go down and browse, see what there is while the market still is in town. Others who may not attend a market now have the market at their doorstep, so it also gives them an opportunity to go and experience a marketplace. Maybe they have their preconceived ideas, or maybe they had a bad experience at a marketplace and haven't been since. With a pop-up market, at least they get a second chance or a third chance to experience a marketplace as it really is where real people are trading to customers who want to buy something a little bit special, homemade and local. It's also a place for the trader to see different surroundings, to try different sales techniques, and to stage their store to the different types of venues that they're in. Building a relationship with a business owner like Debbie, who we're going to talk to in a moment, would not only develop your skills as a trader, but you would learn far more by being in venues that were specifically set up to enable the trader. Coming up... Here are the interviews. My first interview was with business owner and entrepreneur Debbie. The Littlefield Mouse pop-up market is her wonderful business creation, and during the interview you will hear how important the traders and the staff are to ensuring the success for everyone involved. This market is run without traders, but traders are responsible for stocking and displaying their products. 
But Debbie will explain this a little bit better when she explains how the pop-up market works and how it's run in its current form. Uh, we are in the Rand Park Ridge uh, shopping center today and I happened to be walking past just yesterday and I saw a pop-up market and I was very interested in the concept. And um, it just happened, I walked in, I was looking for an item and I started speaking to the owner and the, of uh, this concept. Uh, her name is Debbie and she has kindly agreed to come onto the podcast to talk a bit about the whole idea of a pop-up market and a traveling market. So, hi Debbie. Hi. Yeah. Thanks for coming to chat to us. Oh no, that's fantastic. I'm, 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 I'm super interested in the concept. Like I said to you yesterday, even now, just before we started recording, I'm, I'm really interested in how the concept works. So, for the person who's listening, could you explain what the, the market looks like and whereabouts we're positioned, please? Okay, perfect. Um, basically, we are, um, we are a traveling market, as I mentioned, and we needed a base um, for all of our beautiful markets so people would know where they could go and find our products on a regular basis. Because we travel um, to so many different locations, it's often difficult for our customers to find us um, if they just needed a quick gift or, or something for themselves. So we came up with the idea of starting a pop-up shop which would house the products from the vendors who attend our markets on a regular basis. So basically because we have spent quite a bit of time in Randridge Mall doing markets here, we decided this would be the best place to, to have our home base. Um, we currently have 25 of our vendors in the shop and basically what they do is come and set up um, their stall according to their size requirements. Um, they set it up for us with a, a unique coding system and pricing and um, basically leave the stock here and we sell it for them. Some of the vendors do come in from time to time to promote their products um, or to bring in new promotions or specials but for the most part of it we, we do all the work here in store. Right. So uh, you mentioned a couple of ideas already. You wanted to try and find it as a, a central place for customers to find you? Yeah. Yes. And. Um, how do you get the word out, first of all, on, on people locating you? Because you are a traveling market, that's what you said you are. So you, you're moving, how many, how many times a year are you moving, or how many times a month are you moving? Um, we are generally, we, we do about 86 events a year. Gee whiz, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> that, that's quite a few events that you're moving everything around all the time, yeah? So, so we have quite a big following um, of storeholders and of customers. Um, we started the concept of the traveling market from a security perspective. Um, we like to go to locations such as country clubs and golf estates. It gives people a sense of security when they're coming out to shop. Okay. Um, there's a lot less crime, robberies. Um, so people can come out in their, to their golf estates, to their country clubs, have a good day out with us. We do everything from beginning to end. Um, the market stalls, the food, the kids' entertainment, wow. live entertainment, everything. Wow, so you're actually putting on a further events that even uh, transcend the, the products that you're selling. Yes, we're basically a one-stop shop for an entire market event. Wow, that's pretty good. So when you're coming to town, if you're coming to the golf estate, are you there for the weekend or are you there for the month? Depends on what they have um, happening at the time. Some days, sometimes we're there for two or three days if they have, for example, an Easter festival okay. over the Easter weekend. Otherwise, we'll do a, a once-off um, event for Valentine's Day, for example. Um, we'll do a moonlight market. Oh, wow. 
I'm, I'm really getting interested in, in night markets and uh, um, I was speaking to, at the Bryanston market the other week, they were doing a night market as well and they were saying just the, the type of people that come and they're really interested in the music and they're interested in the, the feel of it being dark. So, so we do quite a few of those. We've actually got one coming up now for Valentine's at the Irene Country Club. Right, nice. Very nice. So yeah. we do, um, a lot of the products are focused on specifically on the um, Valentine's gifts. Um, we do a lot of romantic um, uh, champagnes and all those sorts of things. Um, so basically we, we focus a lot of the gifts then on Valentine's, on couples, um, but we don't forget the other people. So we, have, we still have our kids' entertainment. We've got a live singer that travels with us from venue to venue. Yeah. So we're very excited about being there again. That's pretty good. So um, I'm going to move on a little bit here to talking about the, the people who are, are selling within this, well, it's a shop, but it's a market. Um, and you mentioned that they have a space and that they set up their space. So are you renting out the space or have you demarcated space? How does that work? We do. We rent out the space based on the, the product and the size of space that they need. Um, because the core part of my business is, is helping small businesses to grow, we don't charge anything like commissions or, or anything like that. So they pay their rental and um, we sell their products and hopefully we help them to get their name out where they wouldn't usually be able to. Oh wow, okay, so it's actually only the rent for the space that they're paying on, not the, the products that they're selling? Yes. That is pretty cool. All right, so if I'm starting off, this would be an ideal place just to get out there. Very much so, and especially we, we have a, a wide range of people from single mothers, uh, single fathers, pensioners, and it just gives them the opportunity to have another avenue other than the market itself. Absolutely. Uh, I know I mentioned this as well just before, but we're going to we talk about it now. You're really the face of the business and the products that you're selling, um, along with the staff that you have working here, and we'll, we'll talk to... Um, Debbie's manager a little bit later on but um, as you're the customer facing role the person who's bringing the products has very little to deal with customers and so you're taking that responsibility away from them is that a good thing or a bad thing um, sometimes it's, it's a it's a bad thing um, not always but I find that depending on the product depending on what you have to sell sometimes if the vendor is here it's great for the customers to hear how it was made or where it comes from so like the story behind it exactly, the exactly. and you'll see in in instances where that happens their sales double or triple right. if they're here oh, okay. but for the most part a lot of the products are sell they sell themselves right. so it's not really a problem okay yeah. so they're just coming in the uh, people are browsing I, even as I'm standing here lots of people are just walking around and there's so many so much different variety from one stall to the next that you really you have endless choice here we do it's certainly different to walking into a supermarket and seeing one shelf packed with one particular product this is really giving you lots of variety it is and we we're currently changing products all the time the vendors are, are looking at new products and so that people don't get bored in our shop we, we currently are looking at making this a permanent home base right, okay. um, it has been so well received um, so we are in negotiations uh, to do that, which will be very exciting for vendors going forward. Gee, that's really cool. So you actually have a permanent base and you also get not only customers, but people interested in taking your traveling market to their venues too. Exactly. Oh, well, this, it sounds like it's really going to grow then. You, you. It does seem that way. And, and we would also like to look at other centers um, in different sides of Johannesburg okay. and Pretoria right. to open this concept for people that side of town. Okay. Um, you mentioned that you're really trying to help people get started uh, on the market store, selling their own products. What's one of the ways that you would 
try and do that? You mentioned that you, you're giving them a store to set up on it. How are you, are you trying to help them? So what we do is, um, obviously we don't firstly charge exorbitant rentals because um, economy is tough at the moment and sometimes if you're selling products with a really small margin it's very difficult to make any kind of profit. But we do all the advertising for the vendors as well. Um, Facebook is our, our big social media tool that we use. We've got quite a lot of followers. Um, I do quite a lot of advertising with joburg.co.za. Um, we do flyer drops around the areas and in the center. Wow. And we do a lot of promotions. So, so you're actually promoting it for the people you're working for? See, that's, you've got a big responsibility going on here, eh? <laughs> That's, I mean, it's actually, when I'm looking at it from this side as the manager um, point of view, or as the owner of the, of the concept, you've got a, quite a weight in your shoulders. It is, and I, I do feel very responsible for every single stall, and it's very important to me that they make money. Um, if I see that things are not going too well for them, we try and look at ways to increase their sales. And Wow, so you're actually involved in the sales process for that person too? Absolutely. So you know, it's not just a single swim business. So you know, you're coming here, you put your products on the table, and hey, it didn't work out. Book goodbye. And you know, if it doesn't work for them, it's not going to work for me. So I need to make sure that it does. So it's in your interest. Absolutely. That is really good. Okay, so we're we're helping people. Uh, we're giving them a chance to get a foot in the door and actually get their business off. Um, you're traveling with them. Are they are they bringing their stock with them? They do. Um, they set up their own individual stores. We. We go, depending on the size of the venue, anything from 80 to 100 stalls. Wow. So we are a big market. It's a big market, yeah. We're very specific though. We don't have any China Mall products, anything that's, that um, is not of good quality. We make sure everything is, is of good standard. So are you mainly going for homemade or local made? Is that really what you're heading for? We try and do as much of that as we can to support the local communities. But there are some really stunning products that aren't locally made that we also bring in. But we also support a lot of charities and um, we have a lot of um, street vendors that join us from time to time. We give them opportunities to sell their products at our markets too. Okay, all right. So. Um, so this is open up, people are getting a chance to, to sell, you're traveling around. I would like to know that the logistics of you setting up a traveling market now, I mean, if I've, if I've booked you for the Gulf Estate for the, the, a long weekend, say a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, how does the logistics work for you on your side with 100 traders coming? Okay, so um, I have an ops team that work with me um, that handle the logistics, but it is quite a job. We would set up from the day before. Um, we actually set up the tables, the chairs, the bars, the food areas, all of that, the kids area. And then very early the next morning before the event starts, each vendor comes in to decorate their stalls and bring their products in. So they're actually bringing their own products and setting up their own stalls for it. Okay. So it takes us, it takes us a good 24 to, to 30 hours to set up an event like that. Yeah, yeah. So that is, that is quite organized you, you couldn't just book an event for tomorrow and, and say no we need at least a month's notice to yeah. book an event and then you, you can go from there that's fine um, if you're doing 86 a year you're having some success absolutely um, how has the word got out to the people you already said you did a lot of promotion and you did uh, flyer drops and that um, is it really also from a social point of view like online or is it word of mouth mainly or do you actively go and search for uh, the owners of a golf estate or that so in the beginning, I actively went out and, and approached clients with my concept. Um, from then, it's, it's really been good customer relations. I, I find that 
you know, my customers and I have a very good relationship. They know they can trust me, they know the events they'll get are of high quality um, and that the markets will, will be well received by their residents or members. So they come back to us um, with bookings time and time again. All right, so it's actually a repeat business because of the quality that they're getting all the time. Absolutely. All right, so that really counts then. So when, you, when you're there, you've got to make sure that you're really looking for the next one as well as this current one. Thanks, Graham. Sorry, that is, um, we offer a delivery service as well for customers. So oh, wow, yeah. okay. So if people are clicking it. Yeah, if they want to purchase big items, then we can have them delivered to their houses. That's really good. You're, really, you're aiming for the customer, you're aiming for the trader, you're really working on all bases. This didn't happen overnight though. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> Tell me how it started. Um, we actually started five years ago. Um, I was, was a trader myself and I was so tired of going to unorganized events that hadn't been advertised, that uh, the quality of the event was, was ridiculous and you end up losing money as a trader. So I'm also a stay-home mom, and I wanted to do something to allow me to be with my kids. Oh, okay, all right. So you, you're actually trying to be home for when the kids come home from school as well as running your business in that time that you have. Gee, where's, where is your time machine? <laughs> but um, so, so I started out thinking about uh, where we could go as stay-home moms or struggling small business owners, where we could uh, market our products and not have our time wasted and waste our money. And it start, I live on a golf estate, so we started there. Oh, right, okay, yeah. so you actually, so you start trading, see it's not working out for you really, and, and yeah. you're being let down quite a few times. Let's just try right where I am. And it started out with, with 30 stalls, and um, as the concept started twigging on, other golf estates started contacting us, and it became very popular. And uh, I think we have 760 traders on our books. Wow. That rotate from time to time, depending on where they are, where we're going. Right, okay. um, so yeah, it's grown quite substantially. <laughs> <laughs> that has really grown. It's interesting though, you've got the 720 on your books though. Um, do, you put, uh, do you put traders specific to the area that you're going to when you're selecting, or do you just put uh, like a blanket email out saying, this is where the event is, you can, I don't know, bid to be there or something. We do put a blanket email out, but obviously they're traders that I know that will only operate in certain areas right. because of where they live or distance to travel. Of course. Um, so then I would send them specific messages okay. um, right. to let them know we'll be in their area again. Okay. And I'm assuming, oh, you, you sound like a very organized person, I'm assuming that some of the, uh, the events that you put on also have a particular theme and therefore you'll probably also contact those people who have that theme. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, that, it's a fantastic idea, actually, that you're traveling with this market. People have, have an opportunity to be contacted there on your book. So, uh, I think this is a grand idea. Thank you. <laughs> what are your plans going forward? You said this has kind of almost become a bit of a permanent base for you. What are your plans going forward? Where do you see this going? I'd like this to become a permanent base for us um, for the exact reason that I mentioned earlier. We need to be able to say to people, if you can't get to one of our events and you do want a specific product, you can find us here. Um, going forward, I would like to expand this to, to other areas, um, sort of the East Rand, um, the South, going to Pretoria side, and maybe have a shop in each of those areas. Okay, so, so that's where I'd like to see it going. So something a little bit more permanent, so you're actually going shop way, but with the opportunity of helping traders. Yes, we will obviously never give up our markets.
Wow, that's really good. So you don't actually want to leave the, the market or the traders. Never. Why? I love it. It's every successful event we do um, means that the traders had a successful event, which means their businesses are, are growing and expanding. And that's what I set out to do. Okay, I've got, to, I've got to mention here, I know you can't see, but there, there's a light in Debbie's eyes here. That This is really where she's going. She's really excited about this, yeah? Um, that is really good. Um, I've, I, I want to get a little bit onto the management side of this because we're going to talk to one of your managers uh, shortly. And I know when we talked briefly yesterday that you've had a great experiences with managers. Five years you've been running this. And yesterday you alluded to some very interesting events over the five years. <laughs> we're, we're, it's obviously so important to find somebody that you can hand over your business to, um, especially when you're dealing with your customers. And at the end of the day, my traders are my customers too. And if they're not happy, then they won't come back. So we've had our fair share of, of interesting event managers that we've gone through over the years that haven't worked out. And it takes time to recover from those. Just when you think that you're okay to leave one event alone and go to another, um, something happens. In the way that I've run my business, um, I am my business. I'm the face of my business. So if I'm not there, people panic. Uh, they want to know that everything's in, under control. So it's taken me a long time to find people that I can trust that will run it the way I expect it to be run. I can see maybe a little bit of nervousness coming from a person who said, well, we would like you to run the market and somebody else turns up. I can see the, yeah. the slight nervousness there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, y you know, every, anything can go wrong at a big event the size that we run them at. Um, so it's very important for me that I know that if something goes wrong, that my team are on it straight away. That nobody would even guess that there was a problem in the background. Brilliant. Okay. So, and it's taken me four years to find those people. Okay. And now you're working with this team on a regular basis. They know what they're doing. They know the way you think. You know the way they think. And, and it's, it's a lot smoother than it was when it started off. And I expect them to handle a situation exactly the way that I would. No questions asked. So I don't even want to hear about problems. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, you just get on and do it. Yeah, exactly. that's what you want. Yeah, autonomous people. Absolutely. I think um, a lot of people don't realize when you start something like this. So you, you're mentioning now, five years on, well, I do this, I contact that. This is all organized. This is done. Year one, I bet it was hectic. Very hectic. I did it all myself. Oh, um, <laughs> I had two guys that helped me with the actual physical carrying of tables and chairs and but I was at every event the entire time from beginning to end, five in the morning till ten o'clock at night. It was hard work. Okay. But you, you were building something and therefore the work counted uh, in that year or in that two years, that really counted. Absolutely. Yeah. And till today where you can now start to stand back a little bit, are you finding that? I can stand back a little bit and when I do need to do something like attend a school function for one of my kids or, or a birthday party, then I can sit back and say to my team, okay, is everything set up? Is everything okay? Phone me if you need anything. Um, but I do like to be at my events. Absolutely. I mean, it, well, we already said that you're, you're really involved and you're really excited by this. So. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's a control freak. You're, you're interested in what you're selling and what you're doing. and. It's coming through your personality, it's coming through the events you're putting on. And I think that's, that's probably really, really vital, isn't it? Yes, it is. Very much so. Well, thank you so much, Debbie. I, I, I would like you to maybe plug where we can find you. Or wh where, is it, uh, where is it that we can see you online? Those kind of things. And uh, let everybody know how we can get one of these special events organized. Fantastic. That'll be great. Um, the best place to find us is on Facebook 
with our at um, EST markets um, and all our events are posted on there. We do have from time to time, um, you'll find us on joburg.co.za, um, they advertise quite a bit of our events. Um, but the Facebook page is the best place to find us. Okay, so Facebook is where we're heading to. Um, I'll put these all in the show notes anyway so people can see where you are on Facebook. Uh, can they contact you directly through Facebook as well? Absolutely. They can contact me. My cell phone number is also on Facebook. So anytime. That's brilliant. Okay, so you, you, we can contact you. We can find you. We can see what you're doing. And we can attend one of your events. You can. <laughs> Debbie, thank you so much for taking the time out of it. I know you've had customers coming and going, but thank you very much for, for giving me your time. No, no, thank you. All right, then. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, Debbie. It was so inspiring listening to you building a business from market store to helping hundreds of traders with all that passion and care. You sound like a super organized person. And I really do wish you all the best as your business takes you even further. I went on to speak to Debbie's right-hand lady, her manager, Megan, at the Littlefield Mouse Pop-Up Market at Rampark Ridge Mall. At 18, she's already in charge as manageress of the market when Debbie is away. And as you will hear, is the shining star. Listen to how she sees the market and how working with Debbie is enabling her to learn on the job. Here's Megan. I'm still in the little field mouse market and we just finished speaking to Debbie who is the owner and I'm now speaking to the uh, manager of the store who's actually going to be uh, talking to her about her day-to-day -day role. Uh, this is Megan. Hi Megan. Hi there, how are you? Oh, not too bad, not too bad. You're the manager in the store. Tell me a little bit about your day-to-day -day normal running. What happens? Well, we come into the shop every day. I'm mainly here so that Debbie can have free time to deal with other parts of the business. I deal with the customers directly. I deal with the vendors and the storeholders directly. Um, we make sure the shop is neat and tidy at all times. We, um, yeah, we make sure everything has prices, everything gets sold correctly. If customers have questions or anything, we deal Jeez, with that. So, okay, so you, you've got quite a big role here, actually. You're, I mean, you're not just standing there saying hello and goodbye to customers. No, we... Um, I try to make sure that all the customers have what they need, that they have a good experience because our shop is very personal. It's more than just a shop or a brand or a, so I want customers to be happy with their experience and enjoy their experience. What, what would you say was a good customer experience? Talk me through that. Um. Well, a lot of our vendors, well, a lot of our stuff is handmade, so our vendors customize a lot of things. So what's nice is having a customer come to me, ask me if they can change a product, make it special for them and their families and their needs, and then we do that. We call them, they come fetch their order, and then they've really experienced what it's like to have a handmade market and high-class items that suit them specifically. Okay, and I have to say, when I walked in here yesterday, I was looking for an item for, for the house, and you guys walked straight up to me, asked me if I could have any help, and then when I mentioned the item, you, you just went searching for it. Is that the normal pattern, or is it just uh, the way you were feeling at the end of the day? No, well, like, we have a little bit of everything. It's hard not to find something in our shop, and I mean, I'm not even 100% sure of everything we have, so we do, we want to help you find what you need, because we, we probably do have it, and so we go looking. It's, yeah. yeah it's I mean, you said just now one trader might be here this week, but next week then may not be here. So you've actually got a, a constant flow of variety through this. Completely, as well as our, we have constant storeholders, but they change their stock so often because it's they get new ideas and they come up with new things and they make new things and then they bring it, they sell it, and so it's always different and it's always new and it's always yeah. Did they have to run past you what they're they're selling or not? 
I think most of them have a certain trend. There is an application process if you want to become a storeholder in our shop or in our markets. So Debbie does censor what comes through, but most of the time we trust our storeholders. If there's anything that comes that say, for instance, there is like a restriction on it because of the mall or because of what Debbie's personal views about the shop is, then we will say course, to them. Of course, you've got the mall uh, yeah, standards as well, so those rules are coming in too. Certain yeah. things coming in, like whereas at the markets, Debbie can decide what sells. Yeah, because of the other shops that are like ten, like storeholders and vendors and stuff. The reason I'm asking is, you know, I, behind me here we've got some cream bars and we've got some lotions and things. If I had a, if I had a, a store or, or a table in your shop and I started wanting to sell the same stuff, would that be allowed? Um, well, obviously we don't want replicas of everything all over the shop and we don't want... We want, we, I think it creates a sense of competition between our vendors, which isn't what we want in our shop. We don't want it to be an environment where people are like against each other. It's very, it's very, we're very supportive. So I think we'll try to stick to one sort of brand for a certain product, but it can vary. I mean, there's some things that we can't help, um, but like do it like with jewelry there's so many different options we've got three clothing lines in our store four clothing lines in our store including the men's range so there's some things that we, we but we try to it's it's so cool after we've just been speaking to Debbie and she was saying she was so supportive of the traders and the vendors here you've just mentioned that I haven't even said anything why do you think that's important to support the traders or vendors here I think because we, we get to know our vendors very well we I I mean and you you realize that this is this is their passion, this is what they chose to do. It's not anything, it's not a job they have. It's it's creative things, it's their ideas. They're all entrepreneurs and it's just about supporting them and the more support they do, the better they do and therefore we'll also do well. So it's in your interest. Uh, I said the same to Debbie. It's in, it's in your interest that for you to do well, they must do well and if they're doing well, they're going to bring better products here for to, to sell to the, your customers. Definitely. So... Yeah, and they're all, most of them are very wonderful people and they, they, yeah, they have a passion for what they do and it's nice to see. It's, okay. it's a nice job. It's okay, like now I don't mean to embarrass you, but you're very young. Yes. And you're very young as a manager in charge of lots of, lots of vendors. Is this the best education you can get for learning how to do business? Experience is better than anything. No, yeah, I was thinking about it the other day. I'm 18 and I manage a whole shop and it's a big shop but no it's quite it's, it's fun and I, it's not boring well except for when it's a little bit quiet but it's no yeah it's great experience and it's, I'm learning more to than just standing in the shop. Absolutely so it's not just that I'm speaking to a customer it's not just an account or it's not just money it, it's a whole range of things. No, yeah and Debbie trusts me with a lot and she lets me Help her, and I try to help her to the best of my abilities. Yeah, no, she said that you were fantastic and so pleased with you. Tell me about your customers. What's a, what's a day-to-day -day normal customer like to you? We get a, we, I think we are a little bit of a women's shop. We've tried to branch out more to the men's thing. We get a lot of mothers, a lot of children, a lot of family things. Um, so my customers are usually very sunny, very happy people. They're all very enthusiastic about the idea. They love the shop. They tell us it's beautiful. They tell us it's wonderful. They like. They think it's modern. They think it's exciting. So most of the time, everyone's usually very happy. I think all the colours and things and small little things get people very excited. So and do you think people are coming in for gifts or are they buying for their own home? What, what's the kind of market? Where do you think people are buying for? I think that we we aim to be a gift shop, but I think people are a bit selfish, <laughs> so they can't help. 
<laughs> let's buy things for themselves. Okay. Because, I mean, I think over December it was obviously everyone got a little field mouse pop-up shop little gift. and But now this year I think people see things they like, they think see things they want, and they probably buy it for someone who really lives in their house yeah. so that they could keep it. There, there is variety. I was saying earlier on, there is so much variety here. There's got to be something you can get as a gift. Anything for anybody. And we are, we're trying to branch out. We're trying to, we've got new things coming in all the time. We try to cater for everybody. <laughs> okay, you're 18. You're a manager of a shop already, which is a major feat for a lot of people. I mean, some people haven't even got out of university and you're already running a shop. Um, what's your goal? Where are you aiming? Uh, where do you see yourself going after this? Or... Or you're just going to keep riding the wave? What's what's the thing? <laughs> I think I'll go with the flow. I'm not too sure what I want to do. I like, this has taught me, I like this idea. I like, Debbie employs over 30 people in the shop at this current moment, which is, I think, the ultimate dream for most people. And I think business is always a good idea. If not, create jobs, create money, you know, and then create new ideas as well, because this could become a trend. It's, she's created something really beautiful so I'm seeing that as, as well I mean as part of my show I'm walking around seeing lots of local markets so I think the trend is here mm. and we are starting to see people say actually I want a homemade item and I want it local definitely I think one thing customers have said to me is they want it to be a local item and they want it to be a homemade they don't want their typical China more or even the local common brands they don't want that they want something special they want something personal they want something exciting and new and uh, yeah, it's So you're actually finding people maybe not buying six or seven items but rather spending a little bit more on one homemade item? Most definitely. Uh, definitely. I think that's probably the way we're probably moving. The, the mass market or mass produced items I think are going to start falling away. Most definitely and it's, yeah, it's all about I think originality. People like things that are unique. They want things that are different and they don't mind spending the extra money to get something that's unique and original. Thank you so much for spending your time with us and uh, all the best. Megan, thanks so much for chatting with me. I know your story will be an inspiration to many young people who maybe feel that they are too young to even start in the world of business. After my chat with Megan, we both noticed that one of the market traders was stocking their store within the pop-up market and I asked how she felt that this market was working for her. Alicia explained how the pressure of selling had been removed and she was free to create and stock the market store leaving the selling to the staff at the Little Field Mouse pop-up market. Here's Alicia. It's been really lucky. I'm, I'm still in the Little Field Mouse market and a trader has, has walked in and is just restocking the, one of her stores that she's got here. So this is Alicia. Hi, Alicia. Hi, good day. Hi. Um, now, can you explain for people who are listening what it is that you are actually selling? So we specialize in kiddies' products, like um, we do the capes, the superhero capes, we do like fantasy clothing for kids, we do um, just something different for moms that they want to buy for their kids, you know, yeah, so that's kind of what yeah. we do. And there are, there's all, all little wee kids' clothing here. Are you hand-making these? So I don't hand-make myself. I have suppliers who hand-make, my friends actually, and I'm the marketer. Oh, so wow, okay. together, yes. That's pretty cool. So you, you, the people are bringing stuff to you and then you're taking it out to other places. Yes, so that's basically it, yes. How did you find uh, this pop-up market? How did it... How was it that you suddenly came to be here? So basically I've been doing markets with Debbie, um, who does run the field, Little Field Mouse markets. And we've, she basically came up with the pop-up store and we just loved it. Oh, and it's been actually really quite cool. Right, so yes. Okay. 
And do you think it's a good idea that it's now coming into a shopping centre? I think it's great. I think it's nice because moms come to the stores anyway. And for me as a mom, I find it's it's nice to find something different. Um, you know, so that it's I think it is a great opportunity. And I've spoken to quite a few people in the area, and they love the idea of it. Yeah. So it's it's just a, a nice way to find. If you don't have time to go to a market on a weekend, you don't find these kind of things. Of course, so it's right course, here now so for you. you yeah. For your food. Exactly. You come with your food, and it's yeah, here. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, do your customers direct what it is that you bring in or are you just coming up with ideas and then seeing if they sell? So it's a little bit of both. I do sometimes find products that I love using for my family and that's then I kind of stock up on it. Um, other ones is that I come up with ideas and I just get people to <laughs> who make them and I, you know, and who's got the same vision and then we work together. That's pretty cool. All right. How often do you come in here to stock your stand, as it were, because it's not Debbie or Megan's responsibility to stock it, I take it? No, so it is our responsibility, depending on how, what time of the month it is and also how products come in. So, um, for instance, our capes really sold well over the weekend, so I need to stock up again. I didn't realize, so I need to go get made. Um, so, depending on certain products, do stock up quicker, but once a month, uh, once a week, I mean, yeah. So, once a week you, you come in, do you ever get a message to say uh, you've virtually sold out, you need to get some stuff in here, or is it... Yes, we do. Yeah, they, they do keep us up to date of if you've done well, you know, what kind of products. They also do tell us if clients want to order something that might be on the shelves but not in a size or something. So they're quite good. Debbie and them, they're quite good on it. That is very well organized then. So you, you must be quite confident in the organization side of this kind of market. Yes, we are, yeah. Honestly, I was when I was talking to Debbie, she sounds very organized. She sounds like she knows where she's going. She knows what she wants for the traders. She just wants the best for you guys. Yeah, and you know what? I think it's also about trust. You have to trust them. So, and this is something that Debbie and Megan have shown us, if we can trust them without, because this is our babies. I know, yeah. So, this is your business, yeah. and you are putting it in someone else's hands. They do take really good care. They make sure the shelves are stocked. They make sure it looks pretty still, um, you know, especially after a hectic Saturday that people have shoveled everything around. So, they are there to then also help us with that. So, they are really, really good at that. Yeah. Okay, right. Okay, so, if you're not actually being here to sell, somebody else is selling on your behalf, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? How does that how does that work for you? Um, so it does make a big it does change what kind of products you have on your shelf. Okay. So I wouldn't put certain products on because I can't sell it direct to the public. Something that might need explanation oh, to okay, it. Yeah. Um, this is quite it's easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, it does make a difference sometimes, but it also helps because I can now go on with my business Excellent. and it sells by itself. Excellent. You know, right. so, so that is. So it's got a, it's got its pros and its cons. Yeah. You know, and you just need to know what products you put in that's going to sell. Yeah, that is. So that's actually working out quite nicely. So you're allowed to carry on doing what you enjoy doing and yeah. somebody else is taking the customer facing role. That's it, yes. So for instance, I can spend time in the afternoons with my kids or do stuff or go and get more products, yeah. you know, and things like that. Where normally you wouldn't have time because no. you need to get out there and go sell it directly at a market. You have to be there the whole time exactly. and you have to yeah. see all the customers. Yeah. So this actually works quite nicely for the, the trader as well then. Yes, exactly. Look, I mean, the markets are still fun. Yeah. Markets are good to do. Okay. I wouldn't say just do pop-up and not a market because you need to get your name out there as well. Right, so it's branding. It is branding, yes. But the pop-up gives you a different kind of customer. So that is what is great about the store. So actually you, you're getting more of a spread, more of a variety of customer. Yes, yes. yes that's and then as that word begins to generate, people find out where you are. Tell us about your store. Where can we find you online? <laughs> so we... it's called Little Monsters. Um, 
I've got two little monsters at home, so that's why I started the business, um, just to spend more time with my kids and being able to do that. Um, we do all, like I said, we do all kinds of family products, but mostly kitty products. Um, I've got an online store. It's www.little-monsters.ca.za, or they can just um, pop into the pop-up store, and I'm here. That's fantastic. So what I'll do is I'll put those in the show notes so people can see where you are online, and then they can find you from there and maybe get in touch. Thank you for, for having a wee chat with us and telling us a little bit about your store. All the best, Alicia. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, and Thank cheers. You. Bye-bye. Thanks. The great thing about Alicia is her previous job was as an air hostess. And wanting to spend more time with her family, decided to give up her job. This left her to get involved with Little Monsters and today is able to work and still be at home for her children. The pop-up market helps with this too by selling the items on behalf of the traders. The traders are more at ease to use their time to the benefit of their families and their own ambitions. Thanks Alicia for your time and for chatting to me. This type of market really seems to be working for the traders and the customers. It seems like it's a win-win all the way around. I can certainly see more of these events making markets popular and days out from the normal everyday ones that you may attend regularly. Food on the move. This week, my food on the move segment took me to a place I almost dismissed as being unrelated to markets. It was only when I went and started talking to Desiree that I realized that the Little Field Mouse pop-up market and Choices Cakes and Crafts were both similar ideas but on different kinds of platforms. Choices is based in the shopping center and Desiree owns a shop from which he sells cakes and crafted homemade wares from the local area. Mainly dealing with fresh cakes, biscuits, even uh, cakes made to order for special occasions, Desiree acts as the agent for the entrepreneurial spirits that are working away at home. She deals with the customers and the traders get to do what they enjoy most, which is creating at home in their own time. But here's Desiree talking to you about her shop. Choices at Renrid Mall. Okay, we are in the Pick and Pay Centre in uh, Rampark Ridge, and I am in Choices, a little wee shop, with Desiree, who's going to talk us through what her shop is about. A very interesting concept, something I've seen a couple of times in South Africa, but Desiree is really going to explain it to us. So, uh, hi, Desiree, how are you doing? Hi, I'm well, thanks yourself. Uh, not too bad, thank you very much for asking. Um, for the listeners, they obviously can't see what's going on. Could you explain what your, your shop looks like and then what the concept is, please? All right. We're basically a cake shop. We're based on the old-fashioned taste neighborhood or home industry. This is where we have a lot of retired ladies tend to be or single moms that actually bake cakes for us. Cakes, biscuits, rusks, that kind of thing. And they place it within our store for sale on consignment. And basically micro-business is the best way to describe it. Okay. So, that, so um, people have the option of bringing in products into your shop which you then are selling on behalf of them that's correct yes okay so um if i wanted to bring i don't know say i wanted to start being a cake maker and i started wanted to start bringing cakes to you what, what would you require from me in order for me to do this well from a legislative point of view you need to approach your department of health apply for what they call a certificate of acceptability they will then come around to your home, your premises where you bake. They'll make sure that you comply with certain regulations, that your place is clean and 
Of course. Um, so, so it's nice and healthy for the people who come in. Absolutely. Obviously, no, we are selling to the public, so we need to be careful that yeah. the quality is where it needs to be. Yeah. I mean, that must be a bit of a headache for you as well, knowing that the, the food that's coming in can actually seriously damage somebody's health. It is, it is of concern. So I'm quite strict when it comes to things like that. My bakers have provided me with all their copies of the certificates. So if ever I am audited by the health department, I can provide copies of the certificates to ensure that all the, all the regulations have been met. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's absolutely vital. So I would have to start off with a certificate. Somebody come around to my house, make sure everything is, is good and all, all, all fan, fantastic. I bake my cakes, I bring them down to you. What happens next? What happens is we then obviously discuss, I, I do take a small commission for selling the products on your behalf. Okay. That thing goes, goes towards covering things like the rent, credit card machine, salaries, that kind of thing. Yeah. We then do put it on, our, we provide you with labels, we create an account for you. Wow. Um, we put it out and obviously we sell for you and at the end of that month we give you a breakdown of everything that's sold and we pay you out. Wow. So actually, uh, even down to the labels, you're, you're sorting that out for me. All I'd need to do is actually bring the, the product in packaged. That's all I'm doing. Correct. A lot of some people do want their own labels. I can show you, for example, I mean, I know your listeners can't hear, yeah. but some people do have their own labels okay. um, because they have very specific codes oh, for, their, okay. for their goods. So they know they've sold three pink elephants or two green elephants. Okay. Um, Otherwise, um, I do provide labels for you. You can see on some of these products over here yep. where it actually contains the price, the description of the goods, as well as who the baker is and an expiry date. Yeah. Now, that's very, very important to, to have an expiry date. So how is it that you know or how long is it that you particularly keep a product within the store um, so that you know that it's not going off and it's, it's the freshest for the customer? Well, look, depending on the product, uh, I've got a variety of products. For example, pancakes, we only keep for a day. It comes in that morning. If it doesn't sell that day, the next day it's, it's taken off. Okay. Um, most of my cakes have a shelf life of about four days. Okay. Although they're still good to consume, we obviously want to sell them at the freshest. I don't want a client buying a cake and then tomorrow it's off kind of thing. So it tends to be four days. Okay. Um, some items can go a tad longer, just depending rusks. Rusks and biscuits have a six-week shelf life. Oh, wow, so okay. it just depends on what the product is. Absolutely. We've also got some fresh raw honey as well that's been brought in. So is that being made from the farm's local buyer or is it just from people who live in the houses and they've got their... Aperies? No, it's actually a local beekeeper, Mike, just right. down the road here. Um, he actually has got um, hives in various places. So we also have a variety of, of honeys. And also the exciting thing, hopefully in the next week or two, we're going to be opening a honey bar where no, people can right. come and choose. Obviously, I'll have selected honeys, but then people can actually bring their jars and we'll just decant and sell per weight to the cost down. And also, obviously try and encourage honey, you know, as encourage local and it's healthy. It's much, much healthier. You're even cutting down on packaging as well, so that's helping our environment. You're using a local raw product from somebody who's a local beekeeper in the local area. This is Absolutely. fantastic. Yeah, that's correct. So yeah. all, all of this stuff here is local people. Yeah. A lot of it is handmade. A lot of it stuff is um, people who have either been retrenched, battling to find work, and this is a way of supplementing or making income. Okay. So that's why I'm all for local. Have you noticed that um, people who've actually gone into this have then created it as almost a full-time business? Well, most of my, the people that do it, it, have, it is a full-time business. I know Mark definitely is. Um, Margie, the lady who does our biscuits, that's full-time. Ilza and her mom are full-time. Elsabi. So all the people that actually do bake for us and make for us, one or two of them do work part-time or have got you know, part-time work, but most it's definitely, this is their income. This is their livelihood, yeah. What a, what a job to do, actually. The fact that you can make it at home, 
and they're not really dealing with the public because you're taking that role on. You're the one who's dealing with the public. Unfortunately, sometimes yes. <laughs> but yeah, basically, it really is. You know, it's 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 protecting the, it's it's helping them get their products out there, but also then them not having to deal with the nonsense sometimes that public can put up. Yeah. Uh, of course, I mean someone's going to come in or there's a complaint, but that's what you're obviously taking your commission for. You're dealing. You're the front facing person and the, the people are, are just bringing in their products. We've got some other products as well. I see that there's some uh, some things you can hang on the wall. There's some, like you said, some trinkets and uh, you've got some mugs and teapots as well. Is that, how, how are these things being, are these being made by people as well or are these being bought in? Okay. Um, a lot of the local stuff, like I say, is, is made. I do have a couple of gift items which are imported. Um, for example, Maxwell Williams, I keep the mugs some of them, some of the stuff is down from Cape Town. A company called Sharon Dold. Oh, nice. She was known as the Fat Lady. She always had that range. <laughs> um, so some of the stuff, the room fresheners are also local. The knitted stuff is all local. Yeah. So there are some items that are, I do bring in, um, just to provide a bit of a bigger range. Yeah. You know, because the home industry, people are battling. It, it is an industry where people are battling to, to make ends meet. So in order for me to basically really pay the rent, I've needed to bring in extra lines oh, okay. and gifts oh, right. sort of so complement so the cake is, kind of thing. So this is kind of your part, partly your side as well that you're working with. So you also got your own items within the store. Correct. Um, like I say, normally we work on consignment. All the, all the made or purchased gifts are, you know, the cakes, that kind of thing is on consignment. Yeah. Um, whereas things like the jams, the, the mugs, the candles, that kind of stuff, I as a personal, as a shop, have bought the, the, the things. Okay. And then we obviously on-sell it okay. as, as a retailer. Um, it's, it's just that I'm, I'm interested here. Obviously, you've got to have a good turnover of cakes coming in. So do you require, it, like I said, if I was the person who was bringing in cakes, would you require that I come in every four days or something? Or is it as and when I make um, a bake? Ideally, um, in an ideal situation, you would come in two to three times a week. Um, some bakers come in twice a week. Some only come in once a week. If their stuff sells out and they're not here to replace, it's their loss. So basically, I mean, I have one lady, for example, Margie, the lady who does the biscuits, she's in here literally, literally every day, taking stock. Some people, what they do, those who come from far, come in once a week, they'll phone me and say, right, what is my stock situation? On a Wednesday, he'll phone and say, right, and I'll read up all the stock. But their stuff, for example, has got a shelf life for a bit longer. So he'll, and he'll come through on every Thursday and deliver. So most bakers will phone me and say, what's it like? Some will pop in. So it really depends. Ideally, you should pop in every, probably two to three times a week okay. is ideal to, to stock up your, your section. Your patch. So that's actually also interesting for the customer because the customer coming in this morning might see one set of goods and if somebody then turns up this afternoon to restock, a different customer is going to see a different selection. In your that, that's right, they're going to see different stuff. Obviously, we have regular lines. So a lot of clients come back, they know that's where the biscuits are, that's where they find what they want. So it just depends when they pop in. You know, someone will pop in for red velvet cupcakes and I'm sold out. This afternoon they pop in and I'll have six trays. Kind of thing. So yeah, it is, it's constantly moving. You know, it's fresh produce, so it has, to, it has to move the whole time. All right, well, just before we wrap this up, I'm going to ask you to select some cakes for me that I need to take down. Do do? Let's, go for, let's go for around about six, six or nine. Yeah, that's going to be six or nine. I would suggest either then, obviously, cupcakes, yeah. something that's small, easy to manage because you're going to be handing them out. Yeah. So I would go with um, cupcakes are really outstanding. Okay. Um, pancakes, if you feel like pancakes for breakfast. Nope. And um, we have some awesome bar one cakes, chocolate curl cakes. But once again, that's feeding quite a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. So I, I would recommend something in the line, like say, cupcakes, something along those lines, okay. old-fashioned hats or piece. Oh, um, yeah, maybe we should go for tarts. that. I haven't had some of those for We've a while. We've got a couple of mini milk tarts. We've got chocolate eclairs, 
You name it, we've, it depends on what, what, what your tummy's feeling this for. I tell you, uh, there, it, the selection here is pretty fantastic. Um, but I think I'm going to go for something that I haven't had for ages. I think I'm going to go up for one of those on the shelves here. Let's oh, have a look right here. We, we have, um, this is traditional Christmas mince pies. Yeah. I have Lady Monica who actually makes her own Christmas the, the mince, yes. the fruit mince. Yes. I keep them year through. Okay. We have traditional shortbread. shortbread. Yeah. We've got what we call hatsochis. Hatsochis. Those right. are, that's, it's almost like a biscuit base with a jam filling. Oh. And it's topped with a meringue, coconut okay. biscuit kind of thing. Um, these are Leopoldstilkies. These are all old-fashioned. Some the older folks will know what these are. Okay. Um, it's, it's a cheese base with a jam in the middle. Okay. We've got apricot squares. We've got Hilda's date fingers, made popular by the show Seven Delon. Okay. So we've, we've got quite a lot for you to choose from. Right. Well, we're going to try. I've never had, uh, what did you say? These were Hertz or his? What they call hats or his. Hats. Very, very good. You won't be sorry. Okay. I'm going to definitely take some of those because I've never had them before. Uh, and I haven't had these Leopold steel keys. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to try that's, those. That's a cheese oh. base with uh, a jam in the middle, so it's your sweet and savory. Oh wow, man! And this one over here, I'm going to take definitely take uh, Hilda's date fingers because I've had a couple of those, but we're going to try try them right. again. So we'll take those three. That's all right. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks so much, huh? Um, Desiree, just before we go, and I pay up. Uh, do you want to give a bit of a plug for your shop and where we can find you online? Sure, we're um, currently, our, our Facebook is, it's Choices Cakes and Bakes at Choices Coffee. Um, our website is um, choicescakes.co.za, under construction at the moment, so just bear with us. Otherwise, you'll find us at Randridge Mall at um, the Pick and Pay entrance. Excellent. Marvellous. Desiree, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, and uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. All the best, Desiree. Your business sounds great for the cake and food market traders. Oh, and the treats I bought, wow, they were really great. And you can see them on my Instagram feed if you're very interested, but I really enjoyed them. I shared them with so many people. I was so impressed, I went back to buy a milk tart, which was cooked to perfection. Desiree, I'm also interested in your Instagram feed and how that progresses. So keep posting those photos. Well, that's all for now. Thanks to Debbie, Megan, Alicia and Desiree for chatting to me about how traders can get involved in selling within marketplaces in different ways. There is a place for everyone within the marketplace and plenty of solutions to get you selling your homemade products and produce to customers. Market store entrepreneurs want to help each other and this form of business really does lead to great things. I got held up in the release of the two additional podcasts as I never made it to record the second parts, but hopefully over the next coming week, this should prove to be successful and you should get two extra podcasts. You can find out more by visiting marketnosh.com and you can also find me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to follow the journey. If you have the time, please like something as it raises the show's profile. If you want to be a part of our weekly newsletter, then please sign up at marketnosh.com. You'll also get a free social media guide to getting a web presence, completely free. How's that for service? I have a Facebook group, for questions that really deal with traders and some of the advice they may be asking. So if you're interested in that, have a look at the Market Nosh Costas group. To get in touch by email, it's at maurice at marketnosh.com. I answer all my email and I would be happy to hear from your, your thoughts, your questions and maybe some of the suggestions you have for the podcast. If you've missed anything, you can find out all the information in the show notes too. Thanks to Ben Sound for allowing me to use this wonderful music so, from the Market Noise Show, cheers everyone.